Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. Here is your host, Mike Crute. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Radio Show. Alvin Bragg Day, Alvin Bragg Hour. It's all Alvin Bragg. Welcome back, Doug. Are you kidding me, man? Just, just even saying it is it, kind of surreal. Happy Alvin Bragg Day to you, man. Happy arraignment of Defendant Trump Day. The Can't wait to get used to seeing that. Yeah, Defendant we gotta, Trump. We got to come up with some new nicknames for the man now. It will be a numerical one. It will be his. <laughs> Zero four five zero four seven. Uh isn't it individual seven one five four three dash two three? At least according to the statement of facts. <laughs> oh right no, then. that's the indictment oh, number. Okay, okay. My bad. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean that, that'll stick with them. Dom, we're gonna go over the statement of facts in just a bit. Just, sort of a, just the facts, man. A, a deep read in case you're driving home and you don't have the opportunity because you're rushing off to go vote in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. Or, you know, you just got a life. Maybe you got Brewer tickets tonight. 640, first pitch. Ooh, vote first. Vote first. Stick around. More devils. We'll get to the statement of facts. But, Tom, I watched Alvin Bragg. Now, I got to tell you, it's the first time I personally have seen him speak at length in public. You know, you see sound bites, but I'm not from there. I don't see this man speak publicly. Today I did. And I took a few notes, and I think we've got a few sound bites for our audiences. Well, Ebone, bring in this sound. We're going to share it with you, our fair audience. Here he is, the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, talking about the charges against defend on Trump. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Oh, 30. 34. 34. And you know what, I, what I noticed, not former President Donald Trump, not President Donald Trump, just perpetrator. Defendant Defendant Trump. Donald Trump. More from Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA. He has a title. It's Alvin Bragg Day up here. <laughs> Explaining the charges. Cut two. Under New York State law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. There are actually three enumerated cover-ups. You've already done a little of the four reading for us, Tom. Three enumerated cover-ups. Yes. It ain't just Stormy Daniels. And it's not just the playmate, McDougal. There's also a doorman involved. It's also the doorman got $30,000 not to talk about Trump's illegitimate child. 
We don't know if it's Trump's <laughs> illegitimate ch- child, but why would he pay off the doorman to not talk about somebody else's? Ah, come on. He's a great businessman. The same reason he pays Stormy Daniels $130,000 not to have sex with her. Hey, let's keep it on Alvin okay. Bragg Day. Alvin Bragg Day. It's Alvin Bragg Day. No matter who you are, Dom, Alvin Bragg might be coming for you. Cut three. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. No one's above the law. There are no kings here, Dom. Not even the king of New York. <laughs> Today, the king of New York is Alvin Bragg. It is Alvin Bragg. Uh, same, Crudy, uh, had not hear, have not heard him speak at length. Uh, and I was in the car listening to it. Uh, felt like he held the room. He was in command of the facts. Yes, was I was very, very capable. With him as- you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, uh, he, he was, he was a man of business. He was not messing around. I'll come back to a few of my notes after we hear from the Manhattan DA. The day history is made. The day the former president becomes defendant Donald Trump in a New York courtroom, arraigned. Pled not guilty from a seated position. Strongly pled not guilty, my understanding, from reporters in the room. No live video. Did he say, I am strongly not guilty, powerfully not guilty, or just did he say, not guilty? That's Because that's, you know how he talks. I do know how he talks. <laughs> Very that's, strongly not in, guilty. In retrospect, <laughs> I was listening on SiriusXM to like MSNBC, and you know, it's like he powerfully stated... <laughs> Not guilty. Well, was he standing? No, he was seated. But they didn't actually talk about, like, I powerfully state I am not guilty. I'm, I'm less clear on that. I didn't hear the audio recording. There was no audio recording we're aware of. Not yet. Not, not the yet. arraignment. Hopefully we'll have different, uh, maybe, technical outcomes in an actual trial. It is Alvin Bragg Day up in here. We're very excited. Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, brought 34 felony charges Arraigned the former president of the United States. Cut number four, play it for the people. Ebone. These are felony crimes in New York State. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. Don't normalize it. Uh, more from Alvin Bragg. It was illegal. Cut five. The participant scheme was illegal. The scheme violated New York election law which makes it a crime to conspire to promote a candidacy by unlawful means. The $130,000 wire payment exceeded the federal campaign contribution cap. And the false statements in AMI's books violated New York law. Well, that's a lot of illegal, isn't it? When When he puts it like that, it sounds really bad. Alvin Bragg starting to stack it up on the defendant. Donald J. Trump, 34 felony charges, an arraignment today in a Manhattan courtroom. Uh, One more from Alvin Bragg, and then a few of my impressions as I watched it live. Uh, Cut number six, a lot of false statements. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. He also caused others to make false statements. Now, he talked repeatedly that you know, he's charging under New York law, and these are effectively white-collar crimes. He used that term a couple different times. And that's what they do a lot of, and that's kind of their wheelhouse. Well, in this 34 counts, this this 
alleged lying to conceal other underlying crimes, he said, is effectively the bread and butter mechanism of prosecuting criminal offenses of this sort in yeah. New York State. Uh, a few other things. He was very clear, everyone's equal before the law, that this defendant lied again and again to cover up three different, what, Catching payoffs, kill cases, yes. Three different payoffs. And, of course, he, he lied again and again on his books about the true nature of what these expenses, let's call them, were. A uh, little bit more. Alvin Braggs continuously said, yeah, I've done this before. I'm 24 years on the job, and I bring no charges before they're ready. And I did more investigation than my predecessor, Cyrus Vance, had done. More information came out, new witnesses. We've had new witnesses. Yep. And I think the 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 takeaway I took almost initially, and I, I lay some of this on Ari Melber, a pretty smart guy over on MSNBC, an attorney in his own right, the conspiracy, laying out the conspiracy, the multiple charges. This is not just about stormy, stormy, stormy. This is about a pattern, a conspiracy. A scheme. An ongoing scheme. Uh, and it breaks both state election law and federal caps of contributions to a candidate. New evidence, new witnesses. New evidence, new witnesses. And Dom... 34 new charges. A lot of them. So anyways, it's Elvin Bragg Day. Now, let's, it is. And happy Elvin Bragg Day. Crudy, when, when we found out about this, I think we're still on Brady Street, man, back when this happened. We are talking about this. And we knew that it, he had, you know, paid Stormy Daniels, you know, through his corporation. We talked about this. Well, I mean, yes. you know, I know how QuickBooks works, man. You know what I mean? There was public record information readily available that, this directed well because we saw the evidence of the Michael Cohen trial. Man, the guy went to prison for going on three years for this. So this is, I mean, not necessarily a whole lot of new news, right? Lots of assumptions. I mean, we kind of thought, well, if this is how you're facilitating it through your corporation, man, you get you're probably not claiming it properly, right? These are white collar crimes, and I don't want to even. It's not even just one hundred thirty thousand dollars. What he uh, he got like four hundred. Uh, Cohen got four hundred twenty thousand dollars well they cooked the books additionally to fluff it up to hide the hundred and thirty thousand dollar aspect of the payoff to stormy daniels the nda paid 130 but to also get some tax <laughs> savings a, i'm not facilitate. even sure well i think i think they wanted to fluff it up for cohen so if, if he did claim it he'd have enough to cover the taxes so he'd net out a higher number but His again tax labor. yeah 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 so but but the, the that's this is a lot of money I mean, we talked about uh, the state of Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. I think it was like $50,000, something like that. I mean, this is over twice an average salary in the state of Wisconsin that, that this man went through. I mean, these are these are well, certainly— Well, a federal candidate only is eligible during the primary for $2,700 of contributions, 54 in aggregate in both the primary and the general. In the state of Wisconsin, the Supreme Court candidate— twenty grand. Twenty grand <laughs> is the cap. Twenty grand for governor, races of that sort. Yeah. The allegation here is $130,000 to Stormy, a catch-and-kill coordinated in conspiracy with David Pecker over at uh, the, the uh, AMI National Enquirer. Yeah. And then another thirty grand also through David Pecker, another catch-and-kill, the unfortunately named David Pecker. To the doorman. To the doorman. So that's 
hundred two hundred eighty thousand plus thirty three hundred ten thousand that far exceeds federal and i suspect state limits in new york state as well sounds really bad you know we we rarely do the reading usually we just bring on you know like jim santo <laughs> say jim what was contained but thomas this is relatively speaking breaking news this this is now in the public sphere it's historic well, not only is it historic, it's required reading, and we've got no one else to do the reading. So, Dom, I feel I feel like we must read for our audience, you know, sort of the statement of facts, the talking indictment that Jim Santel's been promising us <laughs> for so very long. It should be Jim Santel Day. It's Alvin Bragg Day, soon to be Maggie Dawn Day. It's Election Day. It's Devil's Advocates Day every day when you listen. Stick around. We're going to have some fun. Kicking ass and taking names since the Wisconsin uprising. The Devil's Advocates. We're back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Our pal Maggie Dawn, Milwaukee County Corporate Council, sticking around at least for one segment, maybe more. We'll see what happens. We can maybe take some of your calls as well. 844-967-2789. Maggie, uh, if no one has said it to you yet, let me be the first to to say happy Alvin Bragg Day. I really appreciate that, Dom. You know, I might have been a little bit ticked off for most of the day, but there was always that like five o'clock somewhere, um, you know, silver lining. And I had Alvin Bragg to thank for that. Um, I just pulled up the image of Trump sitting at the defense council table. Boy, that's different, huh? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Not projecting too much okay. strength uh, from the defense table, huh? Have we have we seen the mugshot yet? No, and what I heard today is that they were unlikely to take one, um, which is a fascinating decision, um, though I would imagine it was probably part of the negotiation. Now, of course, it's it's important, I think, to understand the function of mugshots. It's to literally identify the defendant. There's no chance on God's green earth here that Donald Trump uh, would be somehow be unidentifiable, except... If the guy spent some time in prison, didn't have access to like the self tanner, the self pancake, or the orange hair dye, I mean, what would Donald? If we can just engage in a thought experiment here for a minute, if you guys don't mind, <laughs> okay, what okay. does DJT look like after even like six months in jail? Do you do you remember the the show? I think it was the Orange is the New Black. He would look like yes. the character Red. <laughs> <laughs> like right at the end when she wasn't doing so well, that would be that might six even months. Be disrespectful behind, not to even her. With like, <laughs> right? Why do you be so rude, Crudy? Right, and like, here's the thing: you have to subtract the suit that's tailored to cover up, you know, the basketball belly that we know he's got, right? Absent pancake, absent fanfare. I mean, what I think is really interesting is to see Donald Trump flanked by all those people, right? Like Donald Trump, one thing he's always been a genius at is curating a look, right? An image of him. Think in your mind, even as president, how many times you saw images of him standing alone, 
right? Like that is by far the predominant image, whether it's on some stupid rally stage, feeding a crowd some more like chum nonsense. It's not even linguistically English. (laughs) Right. Whatever it is. Right. But you see these images of him alone. So it's not, and he's always standing right there. And you know, he's never, I think there's like two photos of him that exist with glasses on and he needs glasses to read. You never see these things, right? So to see this image of Trump seated at a defendant's table, minus the orange jumpsuit, which really would have been the cherry on my Alvin Bragg Sunday today, flanked by lawyers that now have to speak for him and for him to walk past a phalanx of reporters and not say anything. These are very different images of the former president. Yeah, but the former is giving a speech from Mar-a-Lago like an hour from now, Maggie Dawn. We might even Listen, have some coverage of that on civic media. Who can say? Who could say? Oh, God, please don't put the clown on the air. Um, <laughs> you know, I would I, I would do that if I was in his shoes. Listen, I, I can't level criticism at politicians for being politicians, right? So sure. that to me, uh, unsurprising. Um, what I want to see is, does he heed the court's warning? And remember, now we've got precedent here from his 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 buddy, you know, Richard Nixon devotee extraordinaire, Roger Stone. Right. So Stone was admonished multiple times by a court not to engage in certain behavior that had to deal with social media and, and statements he was making to the public. And he refused to do so. And consequences resulted Donald Trump was in court today, was told point blank, do not engage in conduct and language that would incite people to violence. Let's see what happens this evening, because if I'm Alvin Bragg and his team of prosecutors, I am listening to that with bated breath, waiting for him to drop any language that calls people to rise up and fight anything that even comes remotely close to that. I have the brief already drafted and the motion to go with it to put in front of the court to say he shouldn't be able to walk around or he should be subject to a a, a very significant gag order barring him from social media um, or giving these sorts of ridiculous chum for the uneducated, you know, low information voter masses at Mar-a-Lago. Now, of course, there's a political downside to that, which is now he's being even more persecuted. But it's not like anybody's going to really change their mind if he's subject to a gag order. I just like to see it go down. I mean, do you guys really think he's going to be able to prevent himself from going there? I mean, the guy can't read no. a freaking teleprompter <laughs> no. to save his life. I don't. I don't think so, Maggie Dawn. Uh, in, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he stands up and says, "Hell, you, if you, we got to fight like hell. Or we're not going to have a country anymore. But be peaceful." You know, I mean, he'll, he'll do that kind of the thing, and all and all the lemmings are, "Oh, let's fight like hell." But but he told us to be peaceful, uh, Maggie. The, the specific charges: uh, thirty-four counts of essentially what cooking cooking the books. I, I, I guess. Uh, what what yep. are your, what conspiracy? Are your thoughts? Conspiracy. Tell the, man. the scheme. It's a scheme, Maggie Dawn. Uh, what was your thought when you when you saw the 34 counts? Well, I wanted to know what they were immediately, right? And then I found out it was like literally every bookkeeping entry. And you have to, folks, you have to keep in mind that like the one payment was not the thing, right? It was not the check that was cut from Cohen to Stormy, right? It was the money that was paid 
to Cohen by Trump and all of the misleading accounting entries that were made and the misleading campaign finance reports that were filed. Now, this is the thing I loved best about the information today, which was apparently $130,000 to Stormy turns into $420,000 right. to Cohen. I was like, you want to know how women aren't, you know, it's not a dollar for dollar. There's no pay equity. It's nonsense. It's like a quarter to every <laughs> buck made by Cohen. And he's not the one that had to sleep with Trump. How does oh. that happen? <laughs> He's the pimp. <laughs> Folks, we're listening oh, to the Devil's Advocates Maggie radio show. The Devil's Advocates Maggie show. Maggie, stick around. want to get to more of the Donald Trump indictment today. Uh, you can join us as well, 844-967-2789. Devil's Advocates know how to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and we're all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show and Election Tuesday Night Super Duper Extended Coverage Edition. We got the finest of guests. She is Milwaukee County Corporate Counsel, our friend Maggie Dawn. Maggie, thanks for sticking around, especially on Election Night. We know you got good weather. We're looking at rain. Light drizzle, no storms though. You can still vote, get in line by eight and they'll let you vote. But we've got hopefully record turnout here in the state of Wisconsin. I'm hoping we win the battle for the soul of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And perhaps as important or more important, depending on your point of view, the indictment and the arraignment of Donald Trump happened today. And it was 34 felonies and Alvin Bragg, um, came out very composed, did a press conference, Maggie Dawn. And I got to tell you, I was impressed by the guy, more so than I have been in the lead-up to <laughs> why he hasn't dropped indictments in what I perceive was a timely fashion. So he said effectively, we've got new witnesses. We've yeah. got new evidence. The case has evolved. I've been yeah. doing this for 24 years, and we don't file charges till they're ready. And now this fruit has ripened. Maggie Dawn, I, I wish one of the more substantial charges would go first from history's perspective, be it Fulton County in Georgia, be it Jack Smith in the J6. But I got to tell you, the charges as they were leveled by this DA seemingly were a lot more uh, important, had a lot more gravity than just simply the guy paid off a singular porn star. Am I wrong? Yeah I, yeah, I think the way Alvin Bragg has, has handled when he finally was going to speak, right, that that he did present a fairly impressive uh, persona to the public. I think the facts laid out in the indictment paint a really compelling picture. You know, there's a couple of new facts, right, in that indictment that I think are really, really specific and new and very um, problematic for the president. And perhaps the one that I think is, is most um, revealing is that it's very clear that they have testimony and that the CEO of American Media Inc., um, a guy by whose last name is Pecker, you, you all David can just Pecker. what I might be thinking here. <laughs> um, so 
it's very clear that Pecker is willing to testify against Donald Trump and that he basically came clean and shared with the prosecutors that Donald Trump himself thanked Pecker for helping get get helping to get him elected president. And that's really key here because all of the 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 elevation of this for mere bookkeeping fraud, right, which is what we're talking about. It's a sort of fraud, which is a misdemeanor to the felony counts is because it benefited Donald Trump in his presidential campaign. That's what bumps all of this up to a felony. And the fact that you've got Pecker saying, oh, yeah, Donald Trump understood that. He understood that about Stormy Daniels. He understood that about the doorman in Trump Tower. And he understood that about Miss McDougal as well. And all of those payments facilitated by Roger Cohen and or American Media Inc. were all in furtherance of trying to get Donald Trump elected president. And any conservative talking head that wants to contradict that has to remember that when these payoffs occurred, it was right after the extra tape had exploded where you've got Donald Trump on tape admitting to committing sexual assault, right? Like America was transfixed by that. I think many women were really appalled. And so the next shoe to drop in his campaign, which was really close to the election at this point, we're in Um, I believe this was around the second week of October in 2016. The second shoe that was going to drop was the Stormy Daniels, Miss McDougal, and the doorman that was going to corroborate what these women were saying. That might have been the difference. You throw in a little Russian collusion, a little bearing of the story, a few felonies committed that he continues to commit in the Oval Office, and wham, bam, you've got Donald Trump, President 45, right? So I think that, that Bragg's presentation of the facts, his appearance today, are the counterpoint to saying this is simply some trumped up, pardon the pun, political attack under the guise of a criminal prosecution. And I I would be remiss if I didn't remind folks yet again, Michael Cohen spent time in prison. For all you regular people out there, imagine if you went to prison for something that your boss asked you to do. And then you watched your boss basically say, because I'm really important, I don't have to go to prison too. That isn't the way it works here. And if it does, we got to start rewriting the rules. This is the first step in holding Donald Trump accountable for things that politicians for decades have been held accountable for, right? You don't lie when it comes to your campaign finance stuff. And if you do, it opens up a Pandora's box of legal horribles. You can't pay off porn stars and lie about it. If you pay, And here's the interesting thing, guys, right? If he would have paid her off and he just would have said it's completely legal to, to do these, this, this frequently done thing with tabloids where they'll catch and kill the story on behalf of someone that they want to maintain a relationship with. The payoff for the story isn't illegal. If he would have just said after the election, hell yeah, I paid her off. I didn't want that to come out. Oops, sorry about the campaign finance paperwork there. Here you go. None of this would have happened. It's Donald Trump's own pathology that he can't admit anything that has led him to this doorstep of legal peril. If he just would have called it exactly what it was, because everybody knew it was true, it walked like a duck, it had web feet and feathers, and he couldn't just call it a duck. 
Do you realize, Maggie Don, he's going to use the, but I'm afraid of my wife defense. But we went It doesn't through, matter. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. This but is- we, let, let me throw a little bit more out there. We went through the statement of facts from the district attorney, and it's interesting that he actually tried to stiff Stormy Daniels. And specifically, he told Michael Cohen, if you don't pay her until after the election, it won't matter. But she became insistent, probably through her counsel, to, uh, lawyer B, I believe, Michael Avenatti, probably became insistent. The guy had his own financial needs, right? Wanted to get paid, wanted his client to get paid. And so they forced Trump to pay. But it wasn't to hide it from Melania. It was to hide it from the voters. There goes your legal defense. Oh, that is like the ripest fact in the bunch, right? Like, wait a minute. Do we believe that Donald Trump would try to stiff again? You can infer whatever I may be talking about here. Do we believe Donald Trump would try to stiff the woman that slept with him when he's trying to pay her off for not telling her? Yeah, he absolutely would. He is that guy. The fact that he did it and it's corroborated by testimony, I don't know if it's more than Michael Cohen. Let's hope that there's some sort of something else besides just Michael Cohen, maybe like Alan Weisselberg. I don't know. Saying that he suggested that they delay as long as possible because the only reason any of this mattered was because of the election. Because to Donald Trump, being accused of sleeping with a Playboy centerfold instead of his wife credits him as a person that's what he talks to people like the dippy bush brother on extra about you just grab him by the blank right this is donald trump he doesn't pay that woman off he pays her to tell the national Enquirer to put it on the front page right that's who donald trump is let's not forget who we're talking about so yes we all know he did it because of the election Folks, you're listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. We all know that is Maggie Don, Milwaukee County Corporate <laughs> Council, friend of ours. Uh, Maggie, Alvin Bragg, I think, going after, as you said, ripe. I mean, these are the, the no-brainer charges. As soon as we were talking about this years ago when it became evident, first thing I thought about was how, how are they booking it? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was literally yes. the, like on the air. We're talking, how, how, how are you booking it? Because I'm pretty sure they're not doing it right. And of course, they weren't. 34 um, falsifying business records in the first degree. But when Alvin Bragg gave his press conference today, he mentioned New York state election law. He mentioned federal election campaign limits. Well, those aren't things he's going after. What was your thought on his strategy here? You mean in invoking both the state and federal laws that he broke in addition? One, I think Alvin Bragg's pointing out <clears throat> somewhat uncomfortably that there are other prosecutors who had a much more direct route to charging Trump. Um, I, I, one can only speculate as to why, you know, the Federal Election Commission or the Federal Department of Justice after Donald Trump was sworn in seemed to be totally unconcerned with potentially investigating Donald Trump for crimes. And one can maybe ignore the fact that Donald Trump basically forced out the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, where many of these I don't know. Can I just say this? I don't know why we're all acting like this is some like unsolvable riddle why he wasn't charged by the feds, because Donald Trump put lackeys in charge of these folks 
fired everybody who wasn't personally loyal and willing to put their hand on the Bible of Trump and say the great orange man is the God and Savior, and this is whom I follow, no matter where that primrose path may lead me. That's why he wasn't charged federally. I think uh, the state um, crime that is sort of also making the predicate for charging Trump with a felony is this really weirdly worded thing. Um, I had to read it about six times before I understand understood exactly the thing that it was trying to make illegal. And basically, the New York law says you can't commit a crime to help or hinder someone from getting elected that that act in and, it's, in and of itself is a crime, a separate standalone crime. A little esoteric sounding. So I think the combination of the two reflects some of the storytelling reality that every prosecutor faces when they bring these sorts of charges, charges right. that are admittedly bootstrapped. Again, you don't get to the felony charge without the, frankly, bookkeeping fraud being done to further effectively a cover-up or a different sort of crime. And indeed, we all understand that it was. Oh, with regards and yet to again, the, go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Maggie, but you referenced the SDNY, uh, former Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance uh, making the rounds this weekend. And I don't know how this isn't even bigger news, I guess, of one of those things we always assumed, but he was told to stand down by the SDNY for like a year and a half. I mean, that's why. Because Trump and his, as his lackeys, as you mentioned, were putting the pressure on. That's why this did not go forward earlier. Is there any comeuppance or consequence to those actions, Maggie, in your opinion? I Here's what I would like to say to, you know, state attorneys general, <clears throat> Mr. Call, <laughs> and local frontline prosecutors is... I think the federal prosecutorial system, when you have a knowing bad actor like Trump, right? I think Joe Biden has gone to great pains to say basically nothing about all of this, right? Do you think Trump would be doing the same had Hillary Clinton been charged with something? Right. Right? Like, come on, let's... Anyways, I think because of the appointment system, when you look at U.S. attorneys... Um, the U.S. attorneys for the various federal districts, this is subject to some fairly um, onerous political control if the commander-in-chief is willing to effectively flex that muscle. And there's no question that Donald Trump was. There's simply not a reasonable argument to the contrary to be had. Um, the list of prosecutorial firings and pressure is exhaustive and in a public forum. And you need only look to Attorney General Barr's, frankly, complete and utter total whitewash of the Mueller report that came out before anybody could read the Mueller report to know that the Trump DOJ was a political DOJ. In other words, we're now hearing the gaslighting version of Republicans accusing Democrats of doing what they do out in the open in broad daylight every day. So I applaud Bragg for trying to make those underlying predicate crimes very plain today. You know, we're soon going to turn to our civic media coverage, election night coverage, Wisconsin Supreme Court race and a special race, 8th Senate District, great state of Wisconsin. You're going to want to stick around for that. And Maggie Dawn, you know, it wouldn't be a strong finish without you getting us to the finish line. Can you stick around for one more? For you, Mike, anything. Excellent. More Maggie Dawn, more Devil's Advocates. You on the phones, perhaps 
Party. Warning, listening to the devil's advocates may expose you to opposing views. And we're back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Last segment of the day with this extended super duper extra happy hour, 844-967-2789. Civic Media election night coverage beginning very, very soon. Kristen Bry, Jane Matnier are going to get us launched. Todd Alba and uh, Terry Bell are going to anchor all evening long. A cavalcade of stars all around the state. Please tune in. It will be award-winning even if I have to do like Trump and make up an award. And we have award-winning, a real award. A Literally. WBA <laughs> award-winning uh, guest right here. She she got the crystal trophy, and we got the second-place plaque that year. <laughs> Maggie Dodd, I'm barely better, though. <laughs> yeah. I swear, it's, it's pretty much like a 50% hit ratio that you mention it when I come on to hang out with you guys. <laughs> It's a compliment, man. I only think of it every <laughs> other day now. <laughs> it's Thanks, like the Mike. loss of my mom and that trophy. They, they <laughs> alternated my conscience each day. Uh, Maggie Don, let's talk about the specter of political violence that the indictment mm. and now the arraignment of Donald Trump, let's call him defendant Trump. Well, he's been inciting, but nothing came to fruition. Where was the mob? The mob was effectively an anti-Trump mob. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who went out there today and started comparing her buddy Trump to Jesus Christ, because, and that's what I thought, Jesus Christ. But she got shouted down within moments. She barely got 30 seconds, and then she jumped in an SUV and got the hell out of there. This was not a Trump-supportive crowd in Manhattan. You know, this was not the violent masses but do you think there is the specter of violence you know it doesn't have to be in new york it's a really interesting question right because i do think the cultural fabric has changed from january 5th right 2021 like it's different now and i think despite trump's congressional apologists including the Speaker of the House, and sort of this, they've forgotten most recent history, uh, folks that are elected, including a few of the folks that exist in Wisconsin's delegation. I think there is a change amongst, again, that weird swing set of voters and your traditional conservative folks. And you put that together, and it's not the same crowd he might have been speaking to then. Um, and I mean that in its metaphoric and, and not literal sense. I think the only people who are stupid enough to to stand in line for four hours to try to see the great orange man talk, you know, those folks haven't changed, and this isn't going to waver their viewpoint or their, their worldview. Um, but I do think that some of the people that may have been more likely to believe that um, in sort of this conspiratorial sense of the world and Democrats' primacy in that, 
that there's a little bit more to reckon with now. And I think that there's just less stickiness for Donald Trump's, you know, I am Jesus and this is all a terrible political persecution of me. I just think there are a few people willing to believe that. Now, as MTG will tell you every time any reporter asks her, her entire congressional district, like 100% of the human beings, not just voters there, all believe that Donald Trump is like the next, you know, the, the best thing next to sliced bread. She constantly invokes her particular constituency, which speaks to some of the problems that we're seeing in the House of Representatives, which, of course, is an outgrowth from the gerrymandering that we've seen, which brings us back to the Supreme Court race today <laughs> and how important that is. She is Maggie Don, Milwaukee County Corporate Counsel. Maggie, we're going to take some calls in just a moment. One headline, very intriguing, our friends over at WIS Politics. Scott McDonald, who is the clerk uh, you know, the election Dane County clerk, yep. Dane County clerk, um, says voter turnout in Dane County could hit 60% today. <clears throat> I think it'd be a party up in here. If we get 60% turnout in my hometown in Madison, we'll be at the pro to say what's party later. 844-967-2789. Let's get to some fair listers like Rico from Rock County. Rico say hi to our friend, Mackie Dawn. Sup, Rico? Hey, hi. Hey, hi, all you guys. You got a great show going on tonight. Hey, you know, I'm just sitting here listening. You guys got it muted on the old TV. But, you know, I'm looking at Donnie, you know, sitting behind a dependence desk, and I'm thinking, you know, I think the most underlying thing here for old Donnie is that persistent boil on his ass named Melania right now. That guy ain't got any. And he certainly ain't getting any. You better retreat to that separate bedroom of his and think about that. <laughs> yeah, I did not see. Thanks for the call, Rico. I did not see the spousal support uh, for President, uh, the former president, defendant Trump today, Maggie. If Don. I was being arraigned today, my wife wouldn't be in court <laughs> yeah. with me either. I got to tell you. Just that one. Well, I'm going to leave that one alone, but I do think that it's a worthy of mention um, factoid from today, right? Like criminal defense 101, show the support of spouse, the support of kids, the support of family, you hum humanize your defendant client. Uh, and certainly defendant Trump did not look human yet again today. Well, the kids couldn't join him. They're afraid there's outstanding warrants. In New York. Right? <laughs> right? I'm sorry. We're running your fingerprints, sir. Uh, we need, we need, this is not the warrants that are out for Eric or Don Jr., right? We're just talking about Don Sr. Okay. I just all wanted right, to make right. sure. By the way, I just want everybody to capture that image in their head. So now, listen, uh, it may have been fingerprinted once or twice. You cannot get the digital fingerprinting done when they, when the, person that's working in effectively the intake room when you're booked or when you're arrested you if you try to sort of manhandle the fingerprint machine scanner thing it doesn't work like you literally have to let the person do it for you can can you imagine mr little hands getting how long that might have taken before he like <laughs> totally just let this person do it and please if there is a god Please tell me that the person that took Donald Trump's fingerprints and had to like manhandle his little tiny hands was a woman because that image is going to bring me home today for sure. Better yet, a black woman. Exactly. 
888-900-2789, only because it would bother him the most. Uh, one last <laughs> caller for the evening before special election night coverage. It's you, Joanne, from Madison. Say hi to Maggie Dawn. Hey, Maggie. I got a quick question about George Soros. I was listening to the very end of Tucker Carlson's show, Don't Ask Me Why, and George Soros was mentioned in relation to our favorite candidate, Judge Janet. And I'm wondering, what's the connection here? And are we going to be Money. hearing about uh, George Soros for the next uh, years in relation to Judge Janet from the uh, right side of the dial? Thanks so much. Joanne, George George Soros gave money to the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, which was presumably given to Judge Janet Protasiewicz for her efforts, her campaign. So the connection is really sort of third party, not quite as conspiratorial as when Trump does it. Maggie Don, any final thoughts? Yeah, George Soros, Schmoros, the E-Lines do the same thing. So do the Koch brothers. I don't know what everybody's all got their undies in a twist about. Thanks, guys. Go, Janet. Thanks, Maggie Don. Go, Janet. George Soros, send the checks here. Make about the cash. Or the devil's advocates. <laughs> we'll find a way That's to cash fine. them. Stick around. Extended election night coverage begins with Kristen Bryan, Jane Mantineer, then Todd Alba, Terry Bell, and a cavalcade of stars all around the Civic Media Network.